who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 598, ahead of the Xbox showcase coming up. It is June 5th, 2023, as we record this. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, your host for the past 11 years, and hopefully plenty more after that. To my left, your screen right, Stella Chung. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to see everyone. Except for Miranda, I'm going to miss you. But I'm so, I think this is the first time we've had this whole panel on in a long time. It's been a minute, uh, and unfortunately, it's going to be a minute more as uh, poor Miranda will will have to run the guides team from home, won't be joining us in L.A. for our live episode uh, after the showcase, which we'll talk more about in a second. But I guess with that, I'll, I'll throw right to Miranda. We've been talking about her. Hello, Miranda. Hi, hello. Yeah, this is going to be my first time since I've worked at IGN that I'm not going to be at the E3 adjacent event, so it's a little weird. And I think it didn't hit me until this week that I... Now I'm really sad. I was like, man, I'm not going to see everybody. What a bummer. But um, there's a ton of really important work to get done. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to be on the home team this year. It, we can blame Nintendo and Blizzard primarily for this, correct? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but also thank you. <laughs> yeah, also thank you, because Diablo 4 is my life now. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And Destin Legary, how are you, my friend? Bam, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, I tweeted this weekend, how are Zelda and Diablo this good? And people are like, don't forget Street Fighter Six. Like, there's just so many amazing games to play just right yeah. now. And the rest of the year, there's even more coming. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Survivor was right in there, which yeah. is like yeah. my game of the year shortlist. I just finished it right before Diablo arrived. So, yeah, we're uh, we're eating good right now. So, yes, uh, this is Unlocked 598. We are going to be, the, as you can tell, the schedule is off. We recorded, we normally we're a Wednesday show. 
We post up around the end of the day, Pacific time on Wednesday. Last week, I think we were Tuesday. This week, we're posting up on Monday. Next week, we're going to keep working our way back in the in the week. Uh, we'll be live with you Sunday. So our next episode will be a live episode. We will be with you immediately before and immediately after the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase and Starfield Direct combo double feature. Those things are happening back to back. So tune in, watch us live on IGN.com, twitch.tv slash IGN, youtube.com slash IGN, uh, pretty much anywhere that you watch IGN. You can watch our pre-show, then the conference and the Starfield Direct, and then our, our live reaction and, and analysis post-show immediately after. Uh, so it's this Sunday, June 11th. Our pre-show starts at 9.30 a.m. Pacific. That's 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. So maybe a little late breakfast for you on the West Coast, lunchtime East Coast. Uh, join us. Now, on that note, a little, uh, little nice little update from Aaron Greenberg, our friend who heads up all things marketing at Xbox today on Twitter as we record. Microsoft has told fans not to expect a CGI fest when it comes to the first-party games at the upcoming showcase. Greeny tweeting out, quote, none of our first-party games in the show are full CG trailers. Everything is either in-game footage, in-engine footage, or in-game footage with some cinematics. Each of our trailers will be labeled, so hopefully it's clear for our fans. So uh, I want to get a quick reaction from everybody on this. For me, my f immediate thought was something that's come up on this podcast a lot over the 11 years I've been at IGN, which coincidentally encompasses the Xbox One era for the most part. But uh, for me, it's this is a sign of confident Microsoft, which is the Microsoft we like. They've spent yeah. way too much of the past 10 years being defensive and or reactionary Microsoft that's that's back on their heels. This is confident Microsoft, standing tall, standing proud. So I think this is a sign that confident Microsoft is going to show up for the showcase. You know, who knows if, if, if we're going to, we'll see if we like the games, if, if what they show is good, but at least they're confident enough to show a lot of gameplay and in-engine stuff, which makes me happy. Destin, how about you? Oh, yeah, of course. This seems like a pretty big response to the criticisms leveled at the PlayStation Showcase as of late. Uh, my op-ed for last week was how the, the PlayStation Showcase was great news for Xbox. It was almost like an Xbox pre-show with 12 titles that are also coming to the Xbox platform, which maybe we'll see again during the showcase, but it kind of sets us up to see a lot of new stuff. And if we're going to be seeing new gameplay of new stuff, that's very exciting. Stella, your thoughts on uh, Mr. Greenberg's tweet? Oh, I'm always so happy to see less cinematics in any sort of showcase. I mean, so even before I started IG, I'm just like, man, all these game trailers look great. But what is it actually going to look like? Like, yep. I have been so many times I've been bait and switched. So I'm just like, you know what? This is great. I know exactly what I'm getting. I know exactly what to look forward to. This is perfect. This is what I wanted. So I'm very happy. Miranda? Continuing on Stella's point, there have been so many times where I see an announcement trailer that looks really cool, but I come away not knowing what the game is. I'm just like, I have a tone, a vague story idea, yeah. but I don't actually know what this is. And I think getting that gameplay early on really helps set our expectations for what a game is and like how excited we personally will be for each one. So as you said, Ryan, also, it's just a great show of confidence. And I'm very glad to hear this. 
All right, uh, before we get to the headline topic this week, which is, of course, our annual tradition before any big Xbox showcase, we make our three predictions each, round-robin style. We'll go around the table for a total of 12 predictions. Keep score, and on Sunday, you can see how right or wrong we were. But first, I want to talk... Uh, last week, we were very, very fortunate to have Rod Ferguson, the franchise director of Diablo at Blizzard, join us. Our old friend Rod, uh, of course, we know him so well from his Gears of War days, and had a great time chatting with him. But we didn't actually get to chat about what what we're doing with Diablo and how much fun we're having with it. I can't tell you all how badly that I want to just press any button to, to uh, yeah. just answer the call behind me of, the, of Diablo 4 running behind me. Um, uh, This game is... It's thus far, I'm just early. I just started Act 2. I'm level 30. Uh, it is everything that I wanted it to be. It feels like a true successor to Diablo 2 in the ways that Diablo 3 just... Like, I like Diablo 3 quite a bit, but this is this really just feels like it's tapped into the very essence of what everything that makes Diablo so good. Um, it is, I, I just like, I, I just can't stop playing it. I don't want to do anything but play Diablo. And it's not often that a game does that to me these days. Uh, and I, I want to hear from all of you. Cause I know like, like still, I'll start with you. I know you're, you're new to Diablo with Diablo four. So how have you been finding it? Oh my god. Uh, yeah, so I didn't have much time this weekend to play, but I did play for about four hours when it did come out, um, that when Early Access did drop. Which I love that, like, the Slack channel is just, is it this time yet? Is it time yet? Um, I, I It's great. I loved it in the Early Access. I, I loved it. And I was, I did play keyboard and mouse, though, and we were talking about this offline, but I switched a controller and I was like, oh my god, this is, oh no. Yeah. Oh no, no. I mean, no. subjectively, right? Oh yeah, no, it's great, but like, it's bad because it means that I can spend even more time relaxing because now I can like kick my feet up and just play. And it's like, oh no, I already lost my life to Zelda. Now I'm going to lose my life to Diablo. This is awful. So it's great, but it's also awful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's also kind of awful. puppy pack. I got my puppy pack. It took me a minute, but I used IGN guides to figure out how to get my puppy pack. And, um, Oh my goodness, so cute. It makes the grind so much better. And it's it's so funny though, because you're just like, oh yeah, I'm glad this puppy's sleeping through all the atrocities I'm committing, but it's great. <laughs> uh Miranda, how are you faring with your necromancer? Well, we're doing well. Also about level thirty I just hit level thirty last night before I signed off. I'm a few missions into Act Two, and it's been a lot of fun. A big part of that for me is because I've been playing a ton with my friends, including a former Unlocked podcast member, Mish Dyer. So we've been playing a ton together. And it's it's like the only one I want to play this game. I don't want to play this game alone. I, I think it's just not as fun. Even if I'm just on a call with everybody, like that's just makes this entire game even better. So we can ask each other questions. I'm like, hey, the world boss is spawning. Where is it? Because I don't have all of my map unlocked yet. They're like, oh, if you look at this sigil, go if you're looking at a clock face from the sigil go to seven o'clock and it'll be there in six minutes and so it's just this really fun way to communicate with my friends and, and honestly get something that's a little bit less stressful also we're talking about this offline but i actually fell asleep playing diablo and that's not because it's bad but because i was just so relaxed and it's been so stressful lately and i was just sitting by a fire and like the music was really nice just like kind of a good ambiance listening to an npc talk and i just fell asleep with the controller in my hands and it's like 
woke up like 30 minutes later. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. We've and all been there. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. Uh, Destin, your thoughts. Also, I mean, it's at least in the early access portion. I know there were some issues more centered on the PlayStation side with like a login credential mm -hmm. thing. But I mean, my experience has been completely buttery smooth with this, yeah. uh, which which again, like kudos to Blizzard for doing the two beta weekends and the server slam. I mean, those not that it was perfect for everyone, but but it's uh, I was braced for for some queue times. I didn't have any uh, Destin. How have you have you found the game so far? Yeah, we'll see what happens today when full access unlocks, but it's been perfect. It's been great. Diablo is amazing. I know we gave it like a 9 out of 10, but gameplay-wise, 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Easy. Oh, yeah. Just my my personal rating. Uh, I'm not doing it for story. I like games where you can just grind a character, figure out how to make them broken OP. Like I'm running uh, Arc Glass Sorcerer, which just got nerfed, so I got to adjust stat back into ice. You know, and I love all that super nerdy stuff. I'm doing the dungeons to give me the passives, just making sure I'm statting my character so that it can like really be powerful in these encounters. And I'm having a blast with it. It's better than I could have ever hoped. I'm having so much fun. And on Unlock today, I'm making sure to smile and nod more because the commenter <laughs> said I didn't smile. Like I don't emote enough in, in interactions with Rod. So uh, yeah, so okay, I'll... I'll do it a little bit more over the top. Well, yeah, now. Destin, don't you know that you and I are like mortal enemies and like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All that stuff, I'm like, I can, I just don't emote a lot when I, in conversation. Yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. pretty stoic. Yeah, it's uh, you're, you're stoic very happy. That. Yeah. Very happy about uh, Diablo though. So. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I have not finished the game or even close. So, but it is a 10 out of 10 for me so far. So far, it's it's just there's, it's like I have no notes for this yes, game. <laughs> you have one note, and yeah. it's very silly. It's more of a story thing. So I actually am really into the lore, and I've been asking a lot of my friends who did play the other Diablos all the way through to just like, why why is Anarius like this? Like why is, why did he do that thing that he just did? And um, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's been really fun getting that context. The one story thing that's driving me nuts is we have a lot of ghosts around, and I'm a necromancer. Uh, I kill a ghost, there's a corpse. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> that's my one gripe. It's just very goofy, which I know. It's just a mechanical thing where it makes more sense for every unit to drop a corpse if you have those things like set up for a necromancer. But I'm like, man, I just wish there was like a moment where it becomes flesh. Like This is like a top, like next level way extra design thing that does not need to be implemented like it would they be couldn't cool wreck on became, it yeah it's like on the necromant to be cool if it became like you know like it's corporeal form for a minute before it got slayed and then it dies because i'm a necromancer and then i was like no it's it's fine <laughs> but th that's it that's literally it otherwise i'm having a great time i love it yeah i uh <laughs> it, it's my game of the year so far over jedi survivor uh you know full respect to zelda but wow. yeah it's huh, I, I don't interesting I don't see myself really Zelda's playing any tough. I Zelda is you literally get like dev tools and you can't through all of the things that you are given, you really can't break the game. And that is insane. Yeah. I you mean, can, but in the best way. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me just get a million rupees. What? Yeah, Diablo's surprised if it wasn't your game of the year, Ryan. Yeah. Or Diablo I mean, wasn't. Oh yeah. And I I, ho I hope Starfield's 
makes me is so awesome that it that it you know makes it either a really tough vote for me or or ta- or it takes it. I mean, if if Starfield's if I have more fun with Starfield than I'm having with Diablo Four, that'll be extraordinarily impressive. But I mean, regardless, I I probably won't seriously play anything else time uh, between now and yeah. and and Starfield. Like Diablo is going to be it, and there's mm-hmm. obviously a ton of content there. I'm level thirty, which sounds like i've accomplished something but it's i like miranda and i were in the same place it sounds like yeah. basically and, and we barely scratched the surface of the game i don't even have a mount have mounts wait yeah. why michael or yeah. uh, that that is the okay that's the other gripe i'm like why are you keeping this for me for so long i just want to explore the game starts at 50 like the real game is that 50 i'm 37 i'm hoping to hit 40 today so nice yeah. uh yeah i gotta I, I'm, I gotta, I have a decision to make. Like all I, the story stuff. That's yeah. I, I, uh, gotta, I, I have to leave for LA for our E3, not E3 that we're, we've got going on here coming up, of course, with the Xbox showcase and all that. And I think in reality, I could try to just make it work on the Steam Deck, but I don't think I'm even going to have time when I'm down there. Cause it's, yeah. it's, it's always super, it's, it's a great, I'm not complaining. This is not a complaint. It's a, super fun time of year in our line of work um and it's just it's so much fun to see all these new games announced and get to play stuff and but i i already know that i'm gonna be taking a little like little five-day break from diablo 4 so it'll just make me all that excited to get home and and resume playing i guess the one benefit of me being forced to stay home is that i get to keep playing (laughs) yes you do (laughs) oh i'm jealous all right let's do it here our tradition Three predictions each. We'll go around the table a few different times. The Xbox Showcase is coming up again. Uh, our pre-show starts 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, June 11th. So please do tune in anywhere you prefer to watch IGN. Uh, so I didn't didn't ask for any any uh, crazy ones or standard ones. Just, just give me three predictions. It can be... It can fit into any bucket, whether it's something that you think is absolutely going to happen or, or more wishful thinking, whatever you want to do. I'm going to start with Miranda first here. Fusion Frenzy! Just kidding. It's not going to happen. But, you know, I have to say it. I have to say it every year. I have to will it into existence. Give us an excellent party game. I want to sit on the couch with my friends and I want to do it with Xbox or on, you know, cloud, whatever we got to do. Let's just do it again. But my actual prediction that I'm going to start off with is Hellblade. I think this is a very easy one. We have a, it's weird because this year I feel like we have a lot of easy predictions because there's just a lot in the air right now. Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. So for me, it's Hellblade release date. We've been talking about it for so long at this point. And I think that'd be good. That would get us to talk about it more, right? Like, I think everyone remembers that first trailer we got with that kick, kick butt music. I almost cursed. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you can say it. It's fine kick ass man anyway um but that music was just fantastic and i i want more man i just want to see it and so i'd guess early 2024 for the release date not really a a specific reason but if say we get like year six or another big game at the end of next year we could have hellblade early in the year next year and that's what i'm hoping for yeah, I mean that's a that's a solid one. The the um we're starting to see Unreal Engine five games come out. Uh, mm-hmm. Immortals of Avium, which I just did a hands on preview of, and that that preview is up on the site now if you want to see it. Uh, I mean that's out in July, and then we have um, Lords of the Fallen is 
out in, what did they say, October, I think? Didn't we talk about that release date pretty recently? So the Unreal Engine 5 games are starting to hit, which which doesn't necessarily mean anything specifically for, for Hellblade 2, but it's at least an indication that, okay, developers have had the engine and those tools long enough where they're they're starting to get to the finish line on this stuff. So I hope you're right. Q1, you know, early 2024 would would sure help uh, get things off to a great start next year for Microsoft. All right, Stella, you're next. Yeah. Um. So I think we're going to get something about ARC 2. There was all that drama earlier this year about them remaking ARC 1, but removing all the servers so that people have to rebuy the game in order to play, which is kind of not great, but they moved it over. They... they released this whole like steam blog post about why they're moving things over because everything is more is easier to maintain on this new server base which is where they're going to have arc 2 so the fact that they are moving it over i feel like we're going to get something about arc 2 whether it's like releasing later this year or early next year um and it's supposed arc 2 is supposed to be very different from what the first game was which is why they remade the first game to be like a survival game and Arc 2 is supposed to be a little bit darker. I believe someone said it's supposed to be more like Souls-like in terms of like exploration and stuff. So I feel like we're going to get something because it's, it's been so long. It's been a year since it was supposed to release, actually. So I, I, I we're definitely getting something about that. Uh, yeah, good good call on that one because I just, just had to double check because I couldn't <laughs> quite remember. It was indeed, it was 2020 that they announced that with the, you know, the Vin Diesel cinematic <laughs> trailer. And we've we've seen and heard nothing like actually zero of it since which hey that's fine they're allowed to just work away quietly till they're ready to properly show it but you're right it does seem high time for an update on that one Destin I will go to you yeah I think we see perfect dark again I know that game has gone through a lot over the last few years there's been a lot of departures Crystal Dynamics was brought on board there have been a lot of stories about what's going on with Perfect Dark. I think it's time to show something from that game, and I think we get it at this conference. Uh, we just need to know that it's alive and doing okay. They've indicated as such. All right, let's see it. Well, I sure hope you're right, especially after Aaron Greenberg's tweet about everything having in-engine or in-game footage as far as first-party stuff. That's going to be at the showcase. That would mean we'd get a some sort of at least, you know, in-engine look. I believe that game's. I think Perfect Dark is Unreal Engine Five as well. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. Need about to that, double but check in, myself. It was revealed what two, three years ago, right? Uh, I think that it's was been a while. That was uh, 2020. Was that? That it was definitely Game Awards, and I think that it was Game Awards. It was either 2020 or 2021, probably yeah, 2020. So uh, it's been it's, in development for four years it's been a while yeah. yeah at least plus whatever we don't know about you know so yeah so yeah it's... i i i would hope that they have something that they could tease or show at this point to give us an indication of the the experience that we're going to have with this new vision of perfect dark it was 2020 december 2020 so yeah. we're at we're two and a half years since uh since anything on that one so another another good call uh, that brings it to me for the end of round one. I will take the layup to kick us off, because this is also the thing that I'm, I mean, other than surprises we don't know about, of the things that I want to see, that I know I want to see at this showcase, this is number one on my list, and it seems like we're going to get something, uh, our first look at Fable gameplay. 
So Fable got the reason I say it's looking quite likely. Fable got teased by the Xbox social media team on Twitter last week. They put up a little video uh, with the Fable One music, and they they filmed well, they did a little glitter trail in someone's house leading up oh upstairs yeah. to a to a monitor that had the the logo <laughs> for the showcase on it. Which I all I'll say is this: if this turns out to just be like a PC port or a remaster of Fable 2 or all the old Fables, mm -hmm. I'm going to personally lead the riot. They cannot <laughs> do that kind of tease and not have the new Playground Games Fable. So I can't oh. wait to see Playground's take on this. That's another one where, again, 2020, we got that CG, nice little tone trailer, which at least, you know, of course didn't show us anything about the game itself, but it did co convey to me that, okay, Playground seems to get the tone of Fable, which is which is very important with a new developer taking over here. So I I can't wait to see Fable if indeed it's happening and it and it does look like Ugh. it's happening. Fable style music. It wasn't the actual song, but I'm with you, Ryan. Yeah. Riot. Yeah. What I will is... personally lead the riot. Great. What else is glitter? But like there's there's no other correlation to glitter in Xbox games. It has to be right. No, it's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. it's obviously gears, right? There's glitter <laughs> everywhere in gears. <laughs> yeah, well, technically there is the glitter nail polish uh, armor skin that you could have gotten in Halo Ooh. Infinite that I do have, and I'm very proud. Oh my god, that's right! Yeah, I'm that's so right. jealous you got that. Great, it's beautiful. So technically there is glitter elsewhere, but it's not it's not the same. <laughs> and if I know Fable's old enough now, where some of some listeners or viewers might be going, well, what does the glitter have to do with it? Uh, they used a a a, a literal like breadcrumb trail but it looked like golden glitter that when you selected your your active quest it would it would guide you toward that quest in fables giant world so it, it is a clear clear uh nod towards fable both the music and the glitter that they they <laughs> by the way i feel horrible for that that's going to be impossible to get out of that the rug out of they just burnt that set down yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you need to lead a riot. They already have so many problems with the glitter themselves. Like, <laughs> You know, I will say there are certain vacuums these days that do get dust like that out pretty well. Oh, nice. Seeing from experience, because maybe I had a glitter accident. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need like a hardcore Dyson vacuum to yeah. get the job done on that? Oh, yeah. Well, it's good to know. Uh, all right, so round robin style, we'll, we'll snake back. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go first for round two here. And this is something you've heard me say before, but I'm I'm really locking in on it now because I think it's time. And that is, id Software will announce its next game, and I think it I think it's gonna be a single player Quake reboot that does for Quake what Doom 2016 did for Doom. Now I'm not saying that the gameplay will be the same. It's not just gonna be Quake with a you know or Doom 2016, Doom Eternal with a Quake skin on it. Not at all, but I do think that id Software is going to modernize and reinvent Quake. And I'm talking single-player Quake here, not Quake 3 Arena. Go back to Quake 1, Quake 2, which were the single-player game. I and mean, Quake 4 was single-player as well, but Raven made that. But yeah, I, I think it is time, and it's going to be Quake. I mean, Doom Eternal shipped over three years ago now, um, and we know that id Software already has a pretty good handle on their technology base. Their engine, Intech 666, is uh, has already been like ported over to next gen. 
They put out a free update a long time ago for Doom Eternal to to get it optimized for Series X. So it it seems like you know they're probably just in full on production. Who knows when the game's going to come out? But it does seem like after three years now, it's it's probably time to go ahead and announce it. So I will be very much looking forward to that. I mean, if the the other games, you know, Wolfenstein's already been done by Machine Games. And then you have Rage, which I can't imagine it's going to go back and no. reinvent that. Rage that was, yeah, that was that was not the thing. Quake, Quake is the thing to go back to. Could be a new thing, you know, totally new thing. But when you're Microsoft and Bethesda and you bought id Software and id Software has these, these legendary intellectual properties, Doom, Quake, Wolfenstein, you're going to leverage those. You're going to take advantage of those. So Quake, bring it on. All right. Uh, Stella. I'll go back to you here for round two. Yeah, uh, Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn. I think we're going to get a release date, and I think it might be later this year, because, like, last year we got a gameplay reveal. So I feel like it's about time we get a reveal date with a flashy new trailer. Um, This is a game that I wasn't really too sure on, but then I went back and watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, this looks really cool. I'm totally down for it. But, yeah, I feel like... We got to see gameplay last year, so maybe we'll get a more extensive, like, combat system look this year and get a release date for, like, December or something. So, remind me, Stella, this, was this in the showcase last year? I believe right. so, yeah, because yeah. it, was, it was a year ago. And, okay, because, yeah, the reason I bring that up is because, of course, in that showcase, Xbox said everything you're about to see is coming out mm-hmm. in the next 12 months. Of course, the nature of game development, that didn't happen for everything. But yeah, yeah I, I think you're very much uh, onto something there. Yeah, it was June 12th. <laughs> exactly June 12th, 2022. There you go. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. And I, I love this kind of world. Like, I don't know. It, it just like the whole setting is really cool. Also, the magic in this looks really interesting. It's almost like um the, the triangle specifically. I'm just like, oh, Witcher 3. <laughs> Destin. Let me go over your way here for your second prediction. Yeah, uh, In Exile has indicated that they're working on an RPG FPS, and I think two of them. Yes, two Unreal Engine five role playing games. Yeah, and one one at least is an RPG FPS. I'm not sure about the other, but um, I I think we got a peek at whatever that is going to be. Uh, I I'm very curious about it. I don't know what that is, but. I would be very excited to see what they've got cooking up, especially because, you know, they worked on Wasteland, right? Yeah. So they've they've had a lot of the top-down perspective style games, but those games are highly regarded. I still need to play them, but I'd, I'd love to see their take on a, a different uh, perspective as opposed to the, the one that they had for Wasteland and how they handle what they're already accredited with and acclaimed for in the first-person shooter setting, I love that. I mean, In Exile is a is a team. Their their studio head Brian Fargo has an incredible resume in the role-playing game genre, specifically. I mean, you look at. I'm actually just pulling up to remind myself of everything they've done. You mentioned Wasteland Three was their last game, super highly regarded. I mean, they did The Bard's Tale Four. They did uh, Torment Tides of Numenera, which was really good. Mm. They've done. Uh, I mean, you go back. Uh, they they did another Bard's Tale game years and years ago on the original Xbox, uh, and and now Destin they're 
as an as a you know they've always done these games. So let me look at the publishers here. Oh, they don't actually they don't really them miss. They haven't really missed, but they also have always they've never worked with somebody with as deep of pockets as Microsoft. So they're going to have like a a much bigger budget than they've probably ever had before to really go nuts with a with an Unreal Engine five RPG first person game. Podcast Unlocked is brought to you this week by Good Chop. I have been sampling Good Chop for the past week or so, and I'll tell you, my family and I are really impressed. Just last night, we had the ribeye steak. It was like I was at a prime rib steakhouse. It was awesome. Truly excellent stuff. Did not have to leave the house. We just keep everything in the freezer until the day before. We're ready to eat it. We've been taking it out. We've got the, the aforementioned ribeye steak. There's some chicken breasts that we've had that have been excellent. Uh, ground beef that we've made tacos with, that's been fun. There's also thick cut bacon in there, which I have not busted open yet, but I am looking forward to doing so. Basically, you are getting high quality meats delivered to your door. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered on your schedule. The products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook them when you want, which is exactly what we've been doing over the past week. Choose from over 70 high quality cuts from 100% grass-fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free range and organic chicken breasts, pork tenderloin, oh yeah, we had that too, and thick cut bacon, just to name a few. They also offer sustainable and wild caught seafood, uh, salmon, which we've, ha we've had and that's been good, Pacific cod, scallops, shrimp, and more. So like I said, been trying a bunch of these. They have been really good, saves the trip to the grocery store. Don't have to worry about going there, getting the meat and getting something good. You've got good stuff coming right to your door. So Good Chop, remember, sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the US. And it's affordable. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Good Chop also prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. They offer a 100% money back guarantee if you are not satisfied. I encourage you to try it. I really do. Go to goodchop.com unlocked120 and use the code unlocked120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code unlocked120 at goodchop.com unlocked120 for $120 off goodchop.com unlocked120 code unlocked120. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act... That sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yeah, and I'm a little curious, like, did they get access to a bigger IP, uh, like a known IP? And they're like, hey, we want you to take a crack at Fallout. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty epic. I, I would probably lose it. And I would love to see their take on on something like that. Or if it's something new and unique that they're working on, that's like the exact type of thing that I would like to see Microsoft Empower devs to do. Like like they did with uh, Pentiment last year, right? Uh, so Pentiment was like a smaller game that they were able to try out. Hi-Fi Rush is another good example. I actually really like seeing that. Because it kind of like reinvigorates the the creative people at uh, those companies to potentially work on something bigger and kick off new visions and try new ideas. And I'm always all about that. Of course, they still need like the big games, but I I think that In Exile is the type of company that can just nail a new IP or a, a an existing IP and try something new and and knock it out of the park. You want to double down on that on that Fallout prediction, Destin? Because I, I think you might be onto something there. I mean, I'll, I'll say Fallout. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I'll go for it. I'll say yeah. In Exile was given permission to make a Fallout game, and they probably lost it. You know, <laughs> or wait, 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 they've been teasing a lot of Star Wars too. Now I'll go Fallout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah. and I know you're not saying because you know, no, none of us we're not suggesting it's Fallout Five. Todd Howard no, no. already said you know that's he's going to do that game, but. But like a New Vegas type, you know, standalone, separate, you know, side game. I mean, Fallout very much qualifies as a first-person shooter slash role-playing game. So yeah, I I hope you're right. I th- and I think there's a decent chance that you are. I mean, I the one maybe argument that comes to mind against that, as you float that theory out slash prediction, is uh, is that if they were to do that, you might think, well, wouldn't they probably use Bethesda's engine, the way that Obsidian, you know, it's a, it's an, all the same content pipeline, but yeah. but maybe not necessarily, right? Maybe they just build, maybe their their team has Unreal Engine experience and or just wants to build the game in Unreal. You would um, 
you would still I, have I, the third person option also because yeah but most like fallout 3 was presented in first person for the most part and then you could always pop out if you want to do third person but like what if it's like uh, a remake of uh uh fallout one like oh. a really amazing story right but we, now they kind of know the beats and they're like hey we want somebody to do fallout one and we want you to do it because like the the overseer arc in that game is really really interesting and i would love to see that game modernized and there's been so many great remakes lately like look at resident evil 4 look at what they did with dead space it would be really really cool to see like a game like fallout 1 get that treatment from an X. that would be especially interesting for folks like me who didn't play them yeah, because right. of age so i think that would be really really neat for the younger audiences who do like fallout like three and even four and to get yeah. to get re introduced to the series a different way i'm gonna throw a little more gas on the fire you just started here destin because uh i, I had to double check my memory which was correct black isles celebrated fallout which took some inspiration from Wasteland, but was unique in its own right, was a personal project of Brian Fargo, who served as its executive producer and was involved in setting the tone and sensibilities of the game. So there is a connection there Interesting. With, with Brian Fargo. So you, you might be onto a Fallout 1 remake. I like where you're heading with this. All right, you took me there. I, I took it happened, Microsoft. I grabbed the wheel and just <laughs> swerved us, swerved us in that direction. Oh, I like that. That's what a that's what a host does for better or for worse. Either you know, it's, maybe we maybe we go soaring off the cliff to our doom, but you know, we do it together. It's fine. Uh, Miranda, round two prediction. You're up. Compulsion Games is going to announce their next project release window, and as we've heard, they got to show gameplay too. So this is my prediction, just because we haven't seen much from them since you know being acquired by Microsoft. Their last DLC for We Happy Few was in 2018, or which came out in 2018, released in November 2019. Um, according to Video Games Chronicle, who translated an interview from Xbox Squad um, in October 2021, Compulsion is working on a third-person single-player game, and they have doubled their team since they've worked on We Happy Few. Um, and that project in 2021 was said to be in full development. It's 2023 now. I think it's probably time that we get to see what they're working on. Um, the reason I always keep coming back to them every year is I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with the extra budget and backing from Microsoft. Because We Happy Few was an interesting game. It's like an interesting storytelling thing. And they just want to keep doing those single player storytelling games. And Xbox needs more of that. And so I think I want to see what they have because it's, it's one of the more interesting studios that they have that hasn't really shown up to show what they're going to do next I, i'm right there with you miranda and also the social media account came back online they tweeted like hey is this the working or something they <laughs> yeah. gave me crap for saying it's yeah working or something. but uh i've been really excited to see what they're doing they bought like a new studio you know so like they're working on something and i would love to see it i i hope you're right well, and I think of the of the wave of studio acquisitions that Microsoft made in that, you know, 2018-ish, 2017, 2018 window, I think Compulsion's the only one, might be the only one where we haven't, we just don't know what they've been working on since that acquisition. I think everybody else yeah. has announced, you know, that whether it's, of course, the initiative with Perfect Dark, although they weren't acquired, they were built from the ground up. Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, Double Fine... 
came in with Psychonauts 2 in mid-production and, and, on, and on and on and so forth. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, it does seem like it's time for Compulsion to uh, to let the cat out of the bag. And and yeah, let's let's see what they've got here. Because I'm with you, Miranda. Like, I liked We Happy Few. I loved the setting. I loved the art direction. But I just didn't... For me, the, there wasn't quite enough meat on the bones gameplay-wise. So yeah, with the extra time, extra budget extra resources that Microsoft's going to provide. I can't wait to see what they cook up for us. All right, so we are in our third and final round. Uh, let's snake it back here to Destin. Oh, well, <laughs> I I think the big closer is Avowed. I, I think we get mm -hmm. Avowed footage, Avowed gameplay, because Phil Spencer indicated on the kind of funny thing, and I feel like this is kind of a layup, honestly, so I almost didn't want to say it. But he said, I've played good builds of Avowed. That game is coming along. Like, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm like, are you tipping your hat? Are you saying Avowed something is going to be at the showcase? Uh, I would love that. There's been, like, a leaked screenshot of a sorcerer doing this with his hands, kind of doing, <laughs> like, doing the magics. <laughs> and uh, I'm very excited to doing see what it looks like when that spell is cast. So, yeah. Uh I don't know. I, I think Avowed is the big closer. There's a lot about that property, mm. you know, based in the Pillars universe and how yeah. death works and reincarnation works and how there's different deities that you can align with. I'm I'm really, really intrigued by the potential and the the conflicts that can arise within this world. Um very, very excited for an Avowed reveal of some sort. Microsoft has so many first-party role-playing games in the pipeline, like more than any other genre. I think it's it's they have role-playing games, which is cool because I love role-playing games. Yeah, and it does. Would you agree, Destin? It seems like Avowed is probably going to be the other than I mean, I mean, Starfield is the next one, but yeah, Starfield. It doesn't. It kind of feel like Avowed is probably going to be the next one. Yeah. Well, like. PlayStation has Final Fantasy 16 coming around the corner. Xbox's answer to that is going to be Starfield. What is it going to be in 2024 or 2025, right? Avowed, I imagine. And we that Avowed reveal is pretty old now. So they could be much further along than we realize. And I, I would love to just learn more about what they've been working on, what it looks like in action, because that's basically proof of concept. And it teases the deities. It teases like what sort of things could happen within that world. And I want to see more. And if Phil yeah. played it, <laughs> you got something. Well, you know, he can play anything anytime he wants in the, in the portfolio. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Starfield could be their big RPG this year, avowed next year, fable 2025. We know that, uh, the outer worlds two is, is behind. It's not as far along in development as avowed is, Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, you have Elder Scrolls Six way down the pipe with these these two in exile Unreal Engine Five RPGs that are that are further down too. So they're set up really well to to potentially drop a major first party role playing game every year for the, literally the rest of this console generation, which yeah. is pretty cool to think about across you know across what three four maybe even five talented developers if, if I were to stop and think about. So, take inventory there, of them. Sorry, Ryan. Somewhere in no, there is also Stalker 2 
you know, that a, like a the... first person shooter, not really a role playing game. Yeah, yeah, well, I I think there's some sort of leveling mechanics in, in the Stalker franchise, but you know, just sort of like for a big temple for one of those years, that will probably be slotted in somewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's if it might be this holiday, you know, Stalker Two. The, the last update they gave us was 2023, so that's true. We, we might get a release date for that uh, with this, but again, with the the uncertainty of of yeah. the situation in Ukraine, it's you know, we'll just have to wait and and hear from from themselves on that let's see so stella you are next yeah i was actually going to talk about stalker too but i was like you know i'm not quite sure we haven't really been given a lot of updates the last one was actually like a week ago they uh, announced another uh security leak and did not look at anything that came out of that so i'm just like okay i think maybe we don't probably don't expect anything from stalker 2 right now but uh, yeah, so you did cover one thing. Uh, so speaking of Obsidian, I was like, oh, Outer Worlds 2 gameplay trailer, I think. So I, I think that game is definitely going to come out like next year, maybe late next year. Like that timing should match up with how the first one was. Um, but I do think we get a gameplay trailer because the last one we got was just the logo and just being like, coming soon. And I'm like, okay, can we get a little more meat, please? I I was actually blown away by Outer Worlds, the first one. I didn't expect it to be very good. And most people are like, oh, but it's so like conversational heavy. And I'm like, yeah, so it was Fallout. So it was Fallout, but it's good. It's so good. And it was very short compared to Fallout. So I'm just like, I need something. And I know Starfield's going to be the next like big space adventure game. But I'm like, I don't know. Outer Worlds just had this like charm about it. And um, you know what to expect with Outer Worlds, right? Because we already got the first game. So I think maybe we got a gameplay trailer for that. And yeah, I don't think we're going to get a release date for it yet. Like you said, Ryan, it's not really quite as far along, but I think we will get a release window for at least like next year. Mm. I, you're bullish on this one. I like it. <laughs> I love this game. <laughs> yeah, it's it was such a, a pleasant surprise uh, and, you know, kind of had that the the new the Fallout New Vegas style yeah. smart sort of dialogue and 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 uh conversation stuff in it so i mean like the intro was so funny just like you accidentally kill the guy you're supposed to meet at the ship and you're like <laughs> i love it i love it uh let, let make it rain role-playing games microsoft that's uh, that's what we're looking for all right for me i'm gonna go i i felt a little bad writing this because i know miranda would have written it had i not done so first but it is what it is. Sorry, Miranda. We can we can both still be excited, but I think it is time for the announcement and game Unreal Engine Five gameplay teaser of Gears Six. Uh, maybe it's just the fact that we had Rod here last week, who was you know doing we little reminiscing from he was he was so awesomely explaining to us his personal line of thinking of why he decided to leave the coalition and leave gears of war behind after it had meant so much to him for so long. And, you know, he talked about, he wanted to ship stuff. And at the time that he left gears six was, was so much further out. And I don't think that game is this year to be clear. I think it's Miranda, you alluded to it earlier. I, I think it, there's a good chance that it's the, it's the holiday, the big fall game next year, or at least a big fall game for next year. Uh, because that would be fall next year would be five years between Gears Five and Gears Six. We've had the we've got the engine changeover from Unreal Engine Four to Unreal Engine Five. We've talked about how the coalition has been 
absolutely waist deep in Unreal Engine 5. They they sort of co-developed uh, the Matrix Awakens, that that playable tech demo that was put out at the Game Awards in 2021. So they've they've been just getting their hands dirty in Unreal Engine 5. Uh, and I, I think traditionally Gears has had a teaser, the e, the E3, I know E3's dead, but it's had a, a teaser, the, the E3, in the year before it comes out, and then they do a proper reveal, you know, the year that it does come out and show it off. And and I, I see no reason why that can't or won't continue this year. Uh, I think we'll get a little snippet of exactly how mind-blowingly good this game is going to look in Unreal Engine 5, uh, and then we'll just see more of it next year. Miranda, are you with me on this? Yes, I am wholeheartedly. Every time I watch Gears gameplay, I get a little sad because I miss them. I miss these characters. I miss this world. I've been replaying the entire series with my twin sister, and it's been so much fun. And as you said, it is time. It's time for gameplay. This was actually my final prediction as well. Um, I think before we had the confirmation that everything's going to be shown, not just CG, but with gameplay as well or something in engine, I was kind of adding the extra of like, they're going to do like some gameplay demo here too, because like this is, they want to show off that Unreal Engine 5 and like see how the gears glow up, what happened again. Gears always look fantastic though. So it's just one of those things where it's like, how much prettier are you going to make this? It's like, they just are, they will, they're just going to do it. Um, also assuming for fall 2024 for it. And I think though, if I had to give another just real quick, I guess, prediction, because do it. it's the same for us. I think we're also going to see gameplay and stuff for State of Decay because. Oh, I had, I'll, I'll be honest. I hadn't even thought about it in a while. It's been out of mind for me. Yeah, please continue. I thought so. Um, I love State of Decay. Like it's quietly just something that I love. It's it's very quiet. I put on a podcast, go save some people, build stuff up, kill zombies. I don't, It's always been something that's just been very comforting for me. And I think we're going to get more of that. Obviously, survival stuff has been hugely popular the past few years. So I'm mostly curious to see if they change up their formula at all, just to sort of um, lend itself to some of the more popular survival mechanics that exist at the moment. But I think regardless, it's going to be neat, whatever they show. And hopefully really stable, because sometimes those games have a lot of bugs. But <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, you're being very polite on that. Um, now, I'm sure it's in a much better place now because they've continued to update State of Decay 2 like over and over and over again. But yeah, both the f the first one, of course, famously um, rough around the edges. The second one launched very rough around the edges. But I think it was it was 30 bucks when it came out. So at least there was a little bit of a maybe some leeway given given there. But yeah, you're right. It's it's time for State of Decay 3 to kind of fully live up to the potential of of this IP, not not just from a, I mean, not that the gameplay hasn't been good, but, but really delivering kind of a proper AAA experience, including the polish that, um, you know, honestly, I mean, Miranda, would you agree? Like, in in the environment, the gaming community environment that we're in now, I don't, State of Decay is not going to get the benefit of the doubt if it comes out rough anymore, right? Like, people seem to be pretty out of patience across the board for, super buggy rough launches we've seen it oh yeah play out time and again yeah people are people are tired and i get it it's like you want to play a game that works you pay yeah, money you pay money yeah a lot of money it's like it's not cheap especially as game prices are going up it's like 
why are you watching it like this? And I know it's development is hard and like we can't ever fully understand that because we're not game developers. But at the same time, you still want to pay for something that works. So. Absolutely. All right. Did I miss anybody? I think we got them all. I think we did it. Yeah. Seeing a bunch of nodding faces. Excellent. Uh, those are our Xbox showcase predictions for uh, for this year. We'll see how many we got right in... I mean, think about it, friends. As we sit here recording this, it's 12.17 p.m. on Monday, June 5th. In one week from right now, it's over. Uh, the Xbox showcase will have happened. In fact, in six days from right now, it will be over. It'll have happened. Uh, hopefully nothing leaks. Hopefully it all stays contained and uh, and is is all, you know, has the proper surprise and intended you know unexpected delights that that we hope to get from it uh but yeah so tune in watch it with us it is going to be a fun one just now i hope we get oh go ahead i hope we get forza in july or august but not right now there's too many games in it. <laughs> yeah also yeah. it's like oh well i want to see keanu come back out again with cyberpunk and i want to oh see God. what he's saying <laughs> also but cool. if if gears it's announced. Please, somebody or Fusion Frenzy, especially Fusion Frenzy. Someone has to scream and cry for me on the show. Thank you. Okay. Oh, I'll be okay. watching. I'll be waiting. Who's who's willing to carry the the torch for Miranda in her ab in in her absence on Fusion Frenzy? I'm uh, seeing. Uh, <laughs> I'll be her. I'll be her spokesperson. <laughs> Thank you. Good, because I I saw Destin was had that like had that like school kid look of like don't make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I, it's got to be that they like remastered Fusion Frenzy for you already. I think I think that's what we're gonna get. Wait, that means wait. If we have Destin be your spokesperson, that means he has to show emotion. So I think maybe we do pick Destin. <laughs> your challenge is to mimic me. Jubilation. I don't want to do this because like we've been having fun and we're in good spirits. I don't want to do a neg another negative Redfall story. But I think there's this is just like we got to talk about the bad with the good. And there's there's a discussion and there's there are lessons to be learned from by Microsoft here. So let's just do it real quick. And it's this. Uh, so it's it's a it's a negative Redfall story. And hopefully we won't just, just have to, to do any more of these anymore. What, Destin? <laughs> they could just skip to the end if they don't want to hear it. That's true. Uh, yeah. th there'll be trivia right after this. But so. Uh, our friend Jason Schreier from Bloomberg had an investigative report, as he does, talking with a bunch of developers from Arcane Austin. And the report basically sums up as follows, that Redfall's development was reportedly so troubled that some of the developers hoped that Microsoft would cancel it when they had acquired the entirety of Bethesda ZeniMax. So uh, Bloomberg's report spoke to several anonymous sources familiar with Redfall's development after it launched last month to poor reviews and significant technical issues. These sources claim Redfall struggled with a misguided vision, staffing issues, and more. Things allegedly became so bad at Arcane that despite having put two years into Redfall at the time of the Xbox acquisition, some staff wished it would be rebooted as a single-player game or canceled altogether. The switch to a multiplayer focus, which was reportedly pushed for by parent company ZeniMax, appeared to be a major cause of Redfall's issues. Developers who worked on the single-player Prey, which, of course, was done at Arcane Austin, 
We're now working on a multiplayer game, and Bloomberg reported that 70% of these staff members left by the end of Redfall's development. Uh, replacing them was also claimed to be an issue for the same reasons, that applicants looking to replace these roles were developers passionate about single-player and not the multiplayer experts that Arcane needed. This led to what's claimed to be a, quote, perpetually understaffed team of less than 100 employees. The project also reportedly lacked direction as a result, with developers stuck between making a single-player and multiplayer game. The sources claim that management would also regularly switch reference points, saying Redfall should be like Far Cry one day and Borderlands the next, leaving designers with no clear idea of what game they were making. Uh, and that's and then kind of there's some just summary of we, we know that Phil went on kind of funny and took full responsibility for it, but I thought again not to not to beat the dead horse here, not to kick kick you know Arcane Austin while they're down, but this is a, a notable report in that that this you know that there was more to this story going back a couple of years. So Destin, let me start with you. Like, what's what should Microsoft be? be taking from this they need to find a middle ground between come in and destroy everything and no involvement whatsoever like they got involved with redfall where they said cancel the ps5 version and then they're like good luck but it's just like it's not enough on the one hand based on how all these come like the state of decay report from kotaku also said that microsoft mostly has a hands-off approach to how that is going and there's some internal issues there. So like there needs to be some sort of middle ground where there's some sort of quality control check before these things go out to the public. This was Microsoft's stinger for one of their conferences, like at E3. Uh, 2021, the... showcase yeah, 2021, 2021. When they said it was coming summer 22. If you know you've lost 70% of the, the critically acclaimed Prey staff because they don't want to work on it, you know, they're just like, I don't want to make a multiplayer game. They do exit surveys and stuff like that. You can figure out why people leave. And when they don't believe in a project, but you make that your stinger, that's a pretty significant issue, you know? So it just, it feels like it was avoidable. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's the most frustrating thing. It There's no reason this needed to come out. Nobody was like clamoring for it. And, you know, what did Phil say? Phil said, like, the internal mock reviews placed it higher. Were, than... were double digits higher, uh, you know, score-wise yeah. than where it landed. Which isn't like, to say it was 80. It could have, you know, I think it landed in the 50s, maybe. I'd have to look it up again. So maybe they were they were expecting sixes or something like that. The, the level of marketing that the game got versus what was delivered are just not on par with each other. It doesn't even have animated cutscenes. There's right. moments where there seems like there should be dialogue during the cutscenes, and they're just not. They're just showing you still pictures that are moving. The The proportions on the char characters are weird. There's, like, so many, like, issues with that property that anybody who played it for even a few hours noticed, basically, right? There were some people that enjoyed it more than others, but sure. I think the general consensus, if you had five people play that game for a few hours, you would have got the feedback you needed. I you know. kind of disagree with that because I, well, yeah. as someone who did get to play it a few hours before launch, and that's always a challenge with previews, I know I haven't actually gotten to speak about, is it okay if I inject? Sorry, I was oh, like, please. let me just take the floor. Well, I haven't really gotten to talk about Redfall. Like, I was basically, it's not like a coincidence, like, oh, boy, I just want to talk about it. It's like, no, 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 no. I just had to be gone for Tears of the Kingdom right when this came out. 
Um, so when you do a preview, so I think obviously the first round of previews were really positive because it was like an hour and a half experience, very focused. And every time you do do any sort of preview event or preview trip like we do with our IGN first, they tend to be more focused events where I was shown like very specific things. And that's not to say that it's manipulation. It's just that in those focused moments where you are shown like highlights, right, to get an understanding what a game is, you don't get the full sense of like, I'm starting from beginning to a few hours into end. That doesn't usually happen again sometimes. And so I think with that, I did enjoy what I played, although I did note in my preview that there were like technical issues that I experienced, but that's not also uncommon for preview builds because it's usually an old build. So we can't actually know what the launch product is going to be like. And sometimes the preview builds are better than the actual launch, which is like the case with like Cyberpunk, right? Um, anyway, that's not to like defend myself or where I am. I, I was just saying I, that if I were you, I'd be I'd be mad about what you experienced versus what the launch code was. This, Aren't you mad about it? I, it's been a massive stress. Like every time I see something Redfall, I just look away because I just like my anxiety just peaks because I feel sad that it doesn't pan out and that was kind of the similar thing with andromeda where we really liked mass effect andromeda the first hours are so different than how that pans out and you can see like the dna of that game like what they wanted to do with it versus the concessions they eventually had to make for the rest of the game and so that's always the challenge of previewing of course brian can talk at length about that being our lead of our previews but every time i look at redfall like this it's like my eyes actually starting to twitch i'm like like, I am such, I'm so bummed to see that this was even like the internal response to it. Cause obviously, right. when you go, when they're talking to press, and I'm gonna be like, wow, I can't believe we're putting this out. They're like, oh yeah, like, yeah, look at this thing. Like, yeah, this is how you do this, you know? Um, and so this report, when I read it, I was m- more curious at first about like how many devs actually wanted that canceled. Cause that's very extreme to say. It's like, well, he says several, several, he spoke to several people, right? Yeah, so several, that's a, that's several a... is ambiguous, right? Several could be like three. See, it's a, that's, that's not a good reflection of like the team as a whole. However, the point that 70% of the staff has changed since then, which of course we know there was a lot of changes with the pandemic and all these things. But um, I think Dustin, you made a really good point too about like the exit interviews. Like what, how are they going to respond to that and like shift? Um, yeah. So I think ultimately... Like, this is what it is. And my thoughts on, like, the final game probably, I mean, they, they kind of don't matter. I haven't actually gotten to play that much because of Tears of the Kingdom. But I have played, and I played with my friends, and I had a good time. But also, playing with your friends is always going to be better. But what are me and my friends playing right now? Diablo and not Redfall, right? Um, I think there's just a lot of issues here with this. And Destin, I think you really hit the nail on the head that they just need to evaluate what the feedback was and figure out how to move forward. Yes, uh- Miranda Go ahead. brought up something. Sorry, Miranda brought up something really interesting. You also brought up a Bioware property where the the internal reports for that game were, "Oh, the magic will save it. The Bioware magic will save it." And the devs are saying the same thing about Redfall. Like at some point, you can't rely on that magic thing. You just have yeah. to actually like. Yeah, that was something Jason mentioned in his, in his report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. It's a it's a, it's an unrealistic, you know, hope and expectation. There where there's not a sort of plan for actually how you're going to do that. Uh, Stella, your thoughts here quickly. I, I feel like, would you agree that maybe that Microsoft was almost in a no-win position of if they come in and they listen to the teams and they get this feedback, if they 
cancel it, and now granted it hadn't been announced at the time, but if they cancel it and word comes out some way, somehow, as these things can often do, then Microsoft really looks like the optics is bad for them, that they came in and spent $7.5 billion to buy Bethesda, and oh, they're immediately canceling new IPs, but Xbox needs new IPs, what are you doing canceling this stuff? So that was like door number one. Door number two is the door that they went through, and this is what's happened. It's kind of turned into a worst-case door number two scenario. So kind of, they kind of were in a, a tough spot here, would you agree? Not Again, not to defend them, but like I'm not no, sure there was a I... way for them to come out good here either way. No, it's it's definitely a tough situation, and I don't have the answer for that. I like as someone who was very excited for Redfall, I'm just like, yeah, if if they just canceled it, it definitely would have looked very weird, you know, just looking at Xbox being like, why did you do that when we didn't really see a lot of like what was happening behind the scenes, and we didn't. It's it's a tough call, and I understand it. And I think Destin actually said a couple of weeks ago, like before uh, Redfall came out, he was like, yeah, I feel like people just want like. They just wanted to get this out, like rip the bandaid off and just get it out and then move on. And I'm like, yeah, that, that seems after this report, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it's also so ironic that the fact that they couldn't staff up with the proper people because everyone just wanted to work for Arcane because they're known for single player stories and yeah. they are incredible at telling single player stories. And this, even, even with the reports of like, oh, we wish we could have turned into a single player story. I was like, Honestly, even with that, I don't know if there was much there. It just uh, is so bare bones. There's nothing that's compelling about that story. We got the entire story in like the first five minutes. We got the lore, everything. And I'm like, where do you go from here? Like this is, I kind of saw the the structure of like where we go story beats wise. But I'm like, this is not a compelling, it's not like death loop, right? Where you're just like, there's mystery. What? what's going on here you got all of that in the first like 10 minutes and you're just like oh okay great yeah option I mean, I think... three do an internal reboot you don't have to outright cancel it you yeah. know and it still reminds... outline that yeah reminds me of the cap capcom dragon game right was it capcom what was that one that got canceled oh, oh. you know what i'm talking about with the, the guy with the headphones and everyone's like wow oh, technology oh. and dragon wait scale bound <laughs> Scale that. Oh my god, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh yeah. You you just triggered thousands of Xbox fans by, yeah. by mentioning it. Still a sore spot for a lot of people. But it reminds me of that. Like if this would have gotten canceled and we heard about it, we're like, man, that would have been cool. And it would have gone on the scale bound list. And maybe But they revealed cool. don't reveal games. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh I mean it's it's sort of this is more about the process behind and the, the lessons to be learned from right. the pro not you know that's the, the final be. result is what it is that's already been picked to death but yeah it's hopefully the notes i because destin i you're i'm right with you it's microsoft needs to needs to learn because you know again we've seen it with like the reports of the troubled development out of the initiative with sort of the the a lot of senior staff leaving there and butting heads with with daryl gallagher and reports of uh, of Undead Labs sort of struggling with State of Decay 3. Microsoft's got to, it does seem like they've they've gone, and again, I don't blame them, but they, you know, they need to hopefully learn and adapt. They've gone too far in the other direction from being, as you said, just coming in and laying waste to the culture and and uh, and processes of a, of a developer they acquire to, you know, now they just, they take a total hands-off approach and seemingly... 
there's some sort of middle ground there uh, that that would probably be the best solution for everybody involved. So um, I, for one, am optimistic that Arcane Austin's next thing will be good. We'll be back to the standard that we have come to see and expect from them. But it's going to be a while, right? I mean, Red this Redfall is is out the door, and I guess they're going to keep working on it to try and you know patch it up as best they can. But uh, we'll look forward to seeing something else from Arcane Austin you know, later on in this generation or maybe early in the next one. All right, sadly, we have run out of time for Xbox trivia, our, our Unlock Block trivia segment, but we will get back to it. And I promise you, the second half of the year, somebody's going to get points and somebody's going to win a an unlocked listener-made trophy as per tradition. Our listeners have been so good to us over the years, making an actual physical trophy. They get better and better every year. Uh, Destin, I think you've got a couple of them. I mean, Miranda, you've you've got one. Right? I've got a second place one, but I'll have one oh, soon one. for last yes. year. Yes, exactly. That's what I thought. Okay. My point at this. All right, uh, we got to get out of <laughs> here. One back there. So I'll uh, I'll skip the plugs. You all know where to find us on social. I told you where to find us. Join us live for the showcase and for the Starfield Direct and for our live unlocked reactions afterwards. Um, I can promise you that it's going to be worth it. Uh, let me just. I can promise you it's going to be worth it. So uh, for our producer, Tom, along with Stella, Destin, and Miranda, I'm Ryan. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 598. We'll see you at the Xbox Showcase, the biggest Xbox event of the year. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused, and you have no idea where this came from? No, she was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh, not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every.